Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, through faith in God our Savior. How do you say thank you to God in a way that is pleasing to it? Well, what What exactly are you talking about, Pastor? That's why we're here tonight. We've sung two hymns thanking God. We've heard an anthem of thanks and praise from the choir. We spoke one psalm and sung another thanking God. On top of that, I thank God in my daily life for what he has given to me. So how can you ask me, how do you say thanks to God in a way that is pleasing to him? Well, by my estimation, there are really two ways to say thank you to someone. One is heartfelt and sincere and really meant when it is said. Imagine a young married couple sinking deeper and deeper and deeper into debt. They carry a larger credit card balance each billing cycle, and they wonder where the light is at the end of the tunnel. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, someone types them up an anonymous check. Their debt is wiped clean, and that burden is now off their chest. If they knew who the anonymous donor was, they would be more than happy to say thank you. But when we say thank you, it is not always heartfelt. It is not always sincere. It's not always fully met. It's like a child who is trying to choke down a dinner that mom made that he didn't exactly care for, and at the end of the meal, dad says, say thank you to mom, and he thinks to himself, thank you, that nearly killed me. Sometimes it feels like we are forced to say thank you. Because not every year is a good year. And not every year was maybe as good as the year that came before it. You see, some years of our lives, our health is good, our loved ones are nearby, the income is flowing in, business is rolling, the portfolio with our health savings accounts and retirement accounts are growing. And you have nothing to say but thank you, God, for a good year. But some years our health is deteriorating. Our loved ones around us seem to be dropping like flies or going away to other states or other countries. Business is not good. Things at home 
are not good. Income and cash flow is coming to a screeching halt. And suddenly it becomes a little bit more difficult to give thanks to God and to mean it and to do it joyfully. The book of Philippians that we have before us this evening mentions the concept of joy 16 times in a four chapter. Being joyful and giving thanks to God and meaning it is something that the Apostle Paul, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, wanted to impress on their hearts and on their minds. After all, this Christian congregation did not have it all that great. Christianity was outlawed because they were under the Roman Empire and Christians were often persecuted. And it didn't matter if you were a Christian or not, it's not exactly like they had the blessings we have today. Freedom of speech, the pursuit of happiness, we can do whatever we want, whenever we want, if we try hard enough. And the life expectancy wasn't near as long. So yeah, the Philippians at the end of each year, when they looked around their congregation and perhaps actually saw people who had been martyred for their faith, who had to give up their life for their faith, Paul is telling them that they have reason to rejoice. And he reflects here in chapter 4 on exactly how they did that. The way they gave thanks to God was by supporting the gospel ministry of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul tells us that he did not always collect a salary. He deferred that so as not to burden people. He was teaching about Jesus, but these Philippians made sure that he and his missionary journeys were funded, as well as giving offerings to the church in Jerusalem. This was their way of giving thanks to God. They were not so much thanking the Apostle Paul and praising the Apostle Paul as they were as joyfully expressing their thanks for what he had introduced to them. And that was something they had never, ever heard before. That was the good news of Jesus Christ crucified and risen again, that their citizenship was in heaven to which they pressed forward. They continually supported Paul and his ministry because they remembered this gospel of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if it has not been a good year for you and you seem to remember nothing but hardship, and trial and pain. At the very least, you can give thanks joyfully for the most meaningful, precious treasure of our faith, 
and that is Jesus Christ and what he has done for you in your life. Because through Jesus Christ, you have been given something that this world cannot give to you and cannot take away. And that is the riches of heaven itself. A life that never ends in eternity. Because Jesus has died on the cross to take away your sins and has risen again to assure you that you too will rise from your grave. Whether it's been a good year or a bad year, this is what we remember together. This is the reason why we are gathered here and this is the reason why we give thanks. Because you and I are heaven-bound. Give thanks joyfully as you remember Jesus Christ and the good news that he offers us in his word. And how else is a person to give thanks, whether it's been a good year or a bad year? The Apostle Paul describes this as a secret. He calls it the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He knew the secret of being content, whether he was eating three square meals a day or sweeping for breadcrumbs across the floor. He knew the secret of being content, whether he was wearing a fresh suit or he was wearing robes that had holes in them. And the secret of being content in any and every situation was not something that he figured out on his own. This had come from God. How can a person be content? The Apostle Paul says, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. You and I can be content in any and every situation, not on our own. We cannot learn this secret, even if we try, but we can be realizing that God strengthens us to do this. And He does this through His Word. Because in His Word, He reveals to us that the God who created heavens and earth is the one who causes the sun to rise both on the righteous and on the unrighteous. He is the one who promises us that we will never be begging bread if we belong to Him. Psalm 137. And how about this? The Apostle Paul says, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches that are in Christ Jesus. If in Christ Jesus, God can give you forgiveness without end, a relationship that lasts into eternity in the kingdom of heaven, if He can give all this to you, you can be confident that whether in good times or bad, 
He will give you what you need for body and life. It may not be what you want, but it will always be what you need. And so through Him, we can be content knowing that He has our back. And finally, the Apostle Paul answers the question of how a believer's thank yous to God are acceptable, how they are pleasing, how they are right. Because when they come from a heart of faith, when they come from a heart that trusts in everything he has done for them in Christ Jesus, it is acceptable. About the Philippians, he says, the gifts you sent to me, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Just as on the Old Testament altar when thank offerings were brought and sacrificed and the aroma was pleasing to God, so also the gifts that they offer up in service to his kingdom Those are pleasing to God as well. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this Thanksgiving in 2019, and as the year comes to a close, give thanks to God for everything you have, whether that is much or little, whether it was good things or bad things. Because everything you are, God's redeemed child who is headed to heaven, God's most prized possession, comes from Him. And everything you have comes from His loving, providing, protecting, and preserving hand. As we continue our service tonight, give thanks to God joyfully. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen.